going to be the greatest sermon ever. Once I'm up here, I get all nervous and I forget everything that I was about to say. So bear with me on that, okay? But um, I wanted to start with Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I don't know if you read in the scripture that we had up here. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. But let's read it again. It says, Therefore, I urge your brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Sort of wise words, wise words that we hear here. The title that I have for the sermon this morning is three things that we need to do as Christ followers. If you want to switch the title a little bit, three things that we need to do as Christians. That will be the, the, the title. But these are three things that we need to do as Christ followers. And I wanted to start with this verse because I want you to understand that we are the living sacrifice. You know, in the Old Testament that will bring different kinds of animals, goats, uh, Cows, you fill the, the, the blank in there. And, and it, they had to be perfect. And this was, this was just a mirror, just a, a smoke, or just a, a shadow of what was coming, which it was Jesus Christ as the living sacrifice, the sacrifice that was going to be offered for all of us. And it was going to be perfect. But since God is the, the perfect God, it's a perfect being, He does everything for us. If you think about it, if you think about everything that you have and everything that you, that you own and everything that you can do. And, and if, if you're healthy, that's, that's a lot right now, you know. And we receive all these things from God and He demands the best from us as well. So one of the things that we read in the Bible that we need to do as Christians is we need to preach the gospel. And I'm not talking about sitting in the pulpit and preaching the gospel here. It's going out there to the community and preaching the gospel. That's what we need to do. You know, I was reading Acts chapter 2. Have you read Acts chapter 2? The beginning of the church. When the apostle Peter was preaching the gospel for the first time ever. As a matter of fact, I want you to go to Acts chapter 2 with me. Acts chapter 2. Acts 2. And if you read uh, chapter 38, that's when the Apostle Peter is finishing his sermon. He says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, be, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And it says, with many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then later on, when you go to uh, verse 47, actually, I want you to go to verse 47. It says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. But I was thinking about this word, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And when you read other, verses, uh, uh, other versions, as a matter of fact, in the Spanish version, 
it talks about that the, the whole town used to see the church as a good thing. That's, that's pretty much what he says, and that's what he's trying to tell us in, the, in that verse, in, this, in the Spanish version. And I was thinking about this, and I was like, what does our community, what does our community think about our church, about this church, about the church, the Pine Tree Church of Christ? They think good stuff about it? Do they think bad stuff about it? What, what do you think? Do they have a good, uh, good thought about, about us or, or not? What do you think? And I was thinking, you know, what could be worse than the community thinking that we're not a good church? What could be worse than that? <laughs> and what is worse is that community not even knowing that we're here. Because we're not going to please everyone. And I understand that. Not everyone's going to be happy with, the, with, with us or with the church or with every single Christian. Just as life is, you know, we're not a... Uh, uh, we have a saying in Spanish, and I don't know if it's the same thing in English, but we're not a, a coin of gold so everybody can like us. or can, Not everybody can want us. I don't know if there's something in English similar to that. Um, but I was, I was thinking this, and I was like, what can be worse than, that, than the community not having a good thought about us and it's the community not even knowing that we exist? The community not knowing that we're here. What does that mean? That means that we're not doing our job. That means that we're not actually going out there and looking for the people that haven't obeyed the gospel. But how are they going to do it if we don't even do our, our part? I want you to go to Ram, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. Okay, and it says, How then can they call on the, one, on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of who they, not, they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And you know what is another word for good news? Gospel. How are they going to obey it if we don't do our part, if we don't preach it? You know, I've, I've heard so many times people say, it's because I don't know every, I don't, I'm, I'm not very good with my Bible. If, if they ask me a question, I don't know how to answer the question. And I don't know where to look in the Bible for specific verses about the church, about coming, about obeying the gospel. You don't really have to be know-it-all when it comes to Bible to invite someone to church. To tell someone, hey, you know, I go to Pine Tree uh, uh, on Sunday mornings. I would love to see you there. I have a great family there. Give someone an invitation, a brochure, I don't know, something that tells them that we are part of this community. But we need to do our part. We need to do our job. We need to be better at this. And why am I saying this? Let me tell you why. There's a specific reason why. Um, not to, not about... Two weeks ago, I went to an AT&T store, and I was talking to a, to a lady there. And she was asking me about myself. And I said, well, I'm a minister at the uh, Pine Street Church of Christ. And she said, where? It's like, Pine Street Church of Christ, you know? And she's like, where's that at, you know? I was like, do you know where Dundee Road is? And she says, yeah, yes, I know. I know where Dundee Road is. And, like, she, and she even said, I've passed by there a few times. I was like, well, there's a church in that road. You know, the road is not very long. And if, if you're coming from Pine Tree... 
from Pinecrest Road, you turn on Dundee, we'll be on your left. And she said, I never even noticed that there's a church there. And that's not the first time that I hear it. So we need to do something about this. We need to be more active about it. We need to see the urgency of spreading the gospel. You really want to know how important the gospel is? The gospel is? When Jesus Christ talked to his disciples before he even left the earth, the church wasn't even established yet. When he kept telling them, you need to go out there and preach the gospel. And those who obey it will be baptized and will be saved. That's how important it was. That's how important salvation is. So that's one of the things that I I need to talk to you about. Preaching the gospel to everyone. That's one of the things that we need to do as Christians. But there's another thing that we need to do as Christians. And that we need to learn to put God first. We do. We definitely need to learn that. And you know what? It's easy to say, I do. I I put God first. God comes first. The church comes first. That is my main priority. it's, It's really easy to say. The hard part is to show it. To really show it. That's the hard part about it. I want you to go to Mark chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. I mean, Matthew, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter, chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. But seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. Seek his kingdom first. I I know we have busy lives. I know we have work. I know we have family. I know we have different activities. Maybe I have to take my kid to baseball practice, to football practice. I, I know. I understand that. But one of the things that we need to learn and we need to teach our kids is to put God first. There's a lot of great things going on here at Pine Tree. A lot. We have an excellent children's ministry. An excellent youth ministry. And they're very active with the things that they do. Sometimes we don't hear about them. Not because they're not being published. Or maybe because they're not being communicated. It's because we're not even paying attention to what's going on. It's because we're being so disconnected from the church. We became part-time Christians. I like to call it that. You know what a part-time Christian is? Don't look at your Bible. Okay? You're not going to find it. What verse is that, Juan? It's not in there, okay? But it's when we become Christians just on Sunday mornings. And it's when we can become Christians just when it's time to go to church. And once we're out of here, we completely forget what, what the sermon was about. We completely forget everything else. And we focus on our lives, if you want to put it that way. That's what a part-time Christian is. You know, last time I checked, we have a God that, he, that takes care of us 24-7, every single day, no matter what. And he demands the same from us. I, I know. 
I want you to I want to and I want you to understand this. I understand. I know that we have busy lives. But I want you to read uh, verse 34 with me. Therefore, in Ma- Ma- Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you're worried about tomorrow, if you just keep thinking about tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow, what I'm going to do tomorrow, it's going to have its own problems. But if you seek God first, if you look for God first, if you try to follow God first, if you put God first in your life, you will see a change in your life. I guarantee you that. If you trust God, you know, I, I, I know I said it a few times, but I'm going to repeat it again. The, our problem, our main problem, our main enemy is ourself. We limit God to what God can do in our lives. We say that we believe that He can do anything for us, and we pray about it. But after we pray, we keep worrying about what's going to happen. And we look for other ways to get out of trouble. Believe in God. Believe in that He will get you out of trouble. Believe in that He will protect you. Not only today, but every single day. But you need to put God first. We are the example that our kids are following. We are that example. We demand the best from our kids. And we understand that the best for our kids is here in church. That's what we bring, bring into children's church. That's what we bring, we bring into the hub for the youth ministry, whatever program they have going on. We believe that that will be beneficial for them. But somehow, we don't think that it will be beneficial for us. You see what I'm saying? I... I know you want your be- the best for your kids. I know you want the best for your children. And we can keep telling them over and over again that God comes first, that the church comes first, but it's not what we tell them, it's, they, it's what they see in us. Because later on they're going to grow and they're going to say, you're telling me one thing, but you're showing me something completely different. So, where is my priority? What comes first in my life? What comes first in my life? What comes first in your life? God? Your job? This life, compared to eternity, it's nothing. Believe me. So if you're worried, if you're worrying so much about this life that you're not paying enough attention about your spiritual life, there's something that you need to do. There's something that you need to fix, that you need to change. So seek the kingdom of God first. So first point, we need to preach the gospel to everyone. Number two, we need to put God first. And number three, we need to learn to work together. It's very important. We need to learn to work together. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. If you ever look for a church in the Bible that had a lot of problems, that's the, that's the book you need to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 
You know, uh, when you read the Bible, when you read this book, you notice all the problems that this church has. And there's going to be different things that Apostle Paul is going to have to do to fix the problems. But he tells them the answer to every single problem and the way they can fix it. And that is in verse 10. I, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. We need to learn to work together. To have the same kind of mind. A mind that is willing to serve God and to do anything and everything that is in our power to help the church. Grow spiritually, in numbers, whatever you, you want it to grow in. But it needs to grow. And the only way that we can do this is by working together. It's by working as one body. You know, the church is supposed to be the body of Christ. It is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. So as one body, we're supposed to work all together for one simple purpose. When I wake up in the morning, I don't tell my left leg, you know, you can stay in bed. I'm not going to work. I'll come back later. I'll pick you up later. I, I know you don't want to go today to work. It doesn't work that way. Right? And you might be sitting here and you might not think that you're important to the church, but you are. You definitely are. And when you're not here, people miss you. I know they do. You know, I had a class in the Hispanic group, and we talked about the body, because uh, uh, we were talking about the body of Christ, the church is the body of, of Christ, and we were talking about simple facts of the human body. Now, I'm not going to say, because I know there's a lot of nurses and doctors here, I'm going to say that I did a great research about the whole body, but one of the things that I was reading about this, and they were talking about the, the hand, and I asked the question, out of all this fingers in your hand, which one do you think was, will be the less valuable, the one you, you will miss the list, you know? Which one can you get rid of? And obviously this one was the most important to everyone. So, but the one we agree on was that maybe the, the pinky finger, the little one, the little bitty one, if we have to lose one, maybe it will be that one. We probably won't miss it that much, right? Well, I was reading on, on, on one of those... Um, books that I was uh, that, that I looked for the body and he was talking about that there there is a possibility that by losing one finger two fingers you can you kind of lose half of the strength in your hand right you following me with this and what he talks about and what we were trying to agree on this is that sometimes we think that we're not that important to church and that the church if we don't go on Sunday or if I don't agree with what they're doing or if I don't agree with this they're probably not going to miss me that much if I miss that one day Owe me no problem. But you just don't know how important you are to the church. You just don't know how important you are to the body. And that we need every single one that is here today to agree on one thing so we can all work together to accomplish that. Whatever that is. I know we have vision. I know we have goals. I know we have a set of goals that we want to accomplish. There's a lot of things that we want to do as, a, as the body of Christ, as the church. And we need to set the mind that we can do it. That we can definitely do it. So I didn't want to make a sermon 
a very, really long sermon. I don't want you, I want you to fall asleep in your chair and be like, man, that sermon was so long. As a matter of fact, Jeff came to me earlier and he said, I'm going to give an announcement, but it's going to be quick. I was like, you can take 10 minutes if you want. <laughs> he said, no, I'll be quick. Because my points were very simple. But I want you to learn them. I want you to remind them. As a matter of fact, if I see you later today, I will ask you, hey, do you remember the three points of the sermon? So that way I would know who was paying attention and who wasn't. The three points are very simple, okay? We need to preach the gospel. Because that is our job as Christians. That is our job as Christians. We need to preach the gospel. If I'm here, it's because someone did their, his job with me. We need to preach the gospel, right? We need to learn to work together, which I know is not number two. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We need to preach the gospel, and we need to put God first. Three simple things that will make a great difference in our lives if we put it in practice. If we put it in practice. Someone told me one time that there's not a manual in this life to tell, that tells you how to live your life or how to do in certain things, you know. And to be honest, most men don't really follow, follow a manual. When we buy something and we have to assemble, we look at the picture and we're I can do that. And then you come back and, yeah, the, the thing that was supposed to be inside, it's outside. I have a, a few screws left and, you know. But there is a manual that tells us how to live our lives as Christians, and that is the Bible. And it's a book that can change your life if you actually put it in practice. But it won't do anything if you don't read it. It won't do anything if you just read it and say, okay, that's good. But not, don't actually put it in practice. I'm happy to be part of this church. I'm happy to be part of this congregation because I know there's great things ahead of us. I know it's been a rough 2016, but I can tell you I can't wait for 2017 to start. As a matter of fact, I can't wait for next month. There's a lot of things coming up next month. But once again, there's a lot of great things going on here. There's a lot of great things going on in the pantry, but you are not going to know if you don't become part of it, if you don't become active, an active member here at Pine Tree. So, and if we have someone here today that, haven't obeyed, that hasn't obeyed the gospel, today is the day. Today is your opportunity to be baptized and be added to the body of Christ. Today is the day. Tomorrow, I don't know. You know, life is short. Maybe the Lord comes today. I don't know. But today, you have the opportunity to obey the gospel as we sing this song of invitation.